You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. talking sometime later about um, about Genesis about Genesis um, I'll be explaining the book of Genesis I'll be explaining the book of Genesis praise God okay so um, so that it will help it will bring perspective to some of the things I'm teaching for some of the things I'm teaching, I know that sometimes you wonder a bit. Now, when you are reading a story and you don't understand the beginning of the story, you don't understand the transition points of the story. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. So I have realized that I have to take all of us through the book of the beginning so that when you understand the beginning, you understand the transition points of scripture. Praise God. Praise God. So early next year, definitely I will be looking into that. Amen. Amen. Now, the reason why I said so is because for most of us, we look forward for many promises. Many promises. And when these promises don't happen, we get disappointed. And we feel that the Holy Spirit is not leading us. <laughs> or the Holy Spirit is not doing his work. Now, if you study the Bible right from the beginning, God just gave one promise. And God's promise is Christ Jesus. And everything else is in Christ. <laughs> Praise God. And that's why when you receive Christ, you have received all things. Praise God. Are you understanding me? Okay, so when you receive Christ, you have received all things. And the, the life we live, we live in who? In Christ Jesus. And you must understand that the moment you live a life in somebody, you no more live for yourself. You live for him. Amen? Good. And that's why you must understand that he will lead you where he wants you to go. Not where you want to go. Okay? But what we have been taught over the years is why we have the expectation we have as Christians. So that we get disappointed because there are certain things we want that we don't get. And we see it as disappointment. And we see God as untruthful. But the point is that there are some of the things that you are actually looking forward to. 
that would be a distraction to your faith. So, when you ask him to lead you there, he will not lead you there. Because it will distract you. Praise God. Are you understanding? On Wednesday, I told the church something. I told them that, you see, Christ is not committed to individuals. Christ is not committed to individuals. So, Christ is committed to Josh. Christ is committed to Solo. No, Christ is not committed to us individually. If Christ is committed to us individually, then Christ would have to do every bidding we desire of him to do. So, whatever any man asks, even if it is out of the will of God, he has to do it because he is committed to you. But Christ is not committed to you. Christ is committed to his church. Because Christ has one wife. And the wife of Christ is his church. And he has given his church certain inheritance. So when your inheritance fits into what Christ has given to his wife, then he'll be committed to it. Otherwise, God becomes a polygamist. It means that God has married many people. But God has married his church, which is his body. And we have become members of his body. Oh, praise God. Are you understanding it now? So, it is very important when we are talking about the leadership and the leading of the Holy Spirit, then you get to understand that he will lead you into what he has actually given to the church for which you have become a member or a partaker of his divine inheritance. Oh, praise God. Did you understand what I'm saying? Are you sure you do? It, it hits your mind a little bit. So you ask about yourself about, what about my individual destiny? Good. So, Christ would answer whatever pertains to you, your individual destiny, when it fits into The inheritance of the church. Not outside of it. Listen to me. Listen. So there are many things. 
we get by ourselves that he didn't give to us. Forget about it. There may not be bad stuff. There may be good stuff. But we get it by our determination. Our persistence. Our connectivity to the human soul. Which is wired in every human being. So when you apply those principles... Life will give you what you deserve. But it doesn't mean that you are led by the spirit to have them. I'll give you an example. They built the Tower of Babel. Was it not a good thing? Did they not succeed in building it? Eh? They built it. And God himself said, the people are one. And they are building the thing. And nobody can what? Stop them. But were they led to do it? Because the Bible said they were doing it to have a name for themselves. Hello? These things I'm speaking definitely will make everybody quiet because it will make you think. So you see, as a believer, ask yourself whether you are daily asking for his leadership to take what you take. You see, that's why preachers Start from a certain tangent and get it wrong. And they begin to measure the standards of people by their achievements. And this is what has brought us where we are today. In other words, how much you have achieved tells how successful you have become. But remember that David was about to build a temple for the Lord. Was it a good thing? But why did the Lord stop him? Because he has not led him to build a... Are you getting it? He said, your son will come and what? Do it. You are not the one to... So David would have built the temple all right. But in God's will for David's life, he has missed it. Hey, are you here? So we can continue for where we stopped last week. So we said that the Holy Spirit will first lead you to sit and listen. 
In other words, you have to sit at his feet. You have to submit to him. Honor him. Know that you are under authority. Okay? That's why you have to understand that if we say the Holy Spirit is your helper, it doesn't mean that he comes to help you to do the things you want to do. No, the Holy Spirit helps you to do the things Christ wants you to do. Hey, are you hearing me? So, when a Muslim oh Jesus, invents an amphibian play, was he led by the Holy Spirit? Uh-huh. These are the questions you should be asking. Tell me, was he led by the Holy Spirit? No! Because the Holy Spirit is not in him. Because those things can be done by the human spirit. Without the Holy Spirit. Ah, you are doubting it. When Israel was in Egypt, were they not the world's best civilization? Did they have the Holy Spirit? No. Are you thinking? Are, are you thinking? Are, are you following? They were the best in the world. The most civilized nation in the world. They symbolized the light with regards to the things that are called invention. They are pyramids. We're able to stay. They can, they can preserve a dead body for centuries. These things are not done by the Holy Ghost. God had already given man the power. Did you hear that? Before Adam and Eve were deceived. Have you forgotten that God had already given them everything? And he told them, dress it and what? Keep it. Because it is function, functioning in the realm of the human spirit. They were to eat the tree of life, which they rejected. If they had eat the tree of life, then they will function in the God life. Where the Holy Spirit will now be leading them to work in them as to do what Christ wants them to do. But they were functioning at the level of their own will. And the will of man can do several powerful things. Because God has already given that to man. Did you hear that? So, until you sit and listen to him and decide that 
he must lead me. How does he lead me? He now leads me from within. Praise God. From within. The inner promptness, is that right? The inward promptness, is that right? The inner witness, is that right? So he witnesses from within. And he tells me, he prompts me, and cautions me. He endorses what God really wants me to do. And also cautions me about things he doesn't want me to do. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says, hold on. And I said, the first thing he does is to lead you to give yourself. Because if you don't give yourself, you'll be full of yourself. And that is what has filled us in Christendom today. We are full of ourselves. A man who is full of himself only feels happy because of the car they are driving. Because of the kind of people they are rolling with. <laughs> because, because of the kind of perfume they are wearing. You see, they are full of themselves. That is what makes them tick. But the value of a man is beyond that. The value of a man is not in the abundance of things they have. It's the abundance of Christ they have. Oh, praise God. Am I speaking to you? you to give yourself. Give me the next. We read the scripture as the last. Jesus turned on Peter and said, get away from me, you Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. In the leading of the spirit, there's this voice that comes. He speaks from the realm of self. And anytime we are led by the Spirit, he comes to distract us. And he speaks from the human point of view. Oh, hello. Just like he spoke to Adam and who? Eve. Are you hearing me? So Jesus said, I'm going to die. Peter said, what? You are going to do what? All right. So Jesus was going to die to fulfill the law. Peter, by reason of the devil, saw it as a hindrance. As bad, you call it bad luck. I'm, I, I, I'm, I can feel Peter saying, Kwe, Omale. You go die where? And I'm sure Peter was calculating all the investments. 
he has made, all the things he has left. And the devil will feed on that. So straight away, spontaneously, he said, you won't die. And Jesus said, you are a trap to me. You are thinking merely from a human point of view, not from God's. So you see, there are so many things we see good. Not from God's point of view, but from human point of view. And there are so many things we see also wrong. Not from God's point of view, but from the human point of view. Ah. Then Jesus followed with this. Everybody read it. Go. Then Jesus said to the disciples, If anyone wants to be a follower of mine, what do they do? He would deny who? 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 Who is yourself? Me. Say me. Say me. Say me. So tell them, it's not what I want. That matters. Anyone who follows Christ must understand now that it's not what you want that matters. I don't want to come to the prayer meeting. It's not what you want. I don't want to fast. It's not what you want. I don't want to give. It's not what you want. You are like a married wife. How do you live for your you submit to your husband. Who is your husband? Christ. Are you here with me? And he says, wait. Let him what? Deny himself and do what? Take up his what? Take up his what? Take up his what? Cross and what? So each one of us, by the empowerment of the Holy Ghost, who is now working in us, will take up our own cross. How did Jesus take the cross? He denied him. He said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. So as Jesus submitted, he is also calling us to submit. But the point is that he has already given us the power to. Praise God. Number one. And he's not saying that if we don't submit, he's casting us away. No, he's telling us how we can get into all the benefits for which he has already laid for us. So as we submit, the best comes to us. It is not a punishment. No, it's an admonition for the best. It's like a husband who is telling the wife, I have so many plans for you. 
All I need is your submission to my plans. And when you yield to them, the best comes to you. So he says, go. For anyone who keeps his life for, for, for him shall what? And anyone who loses his life for, who is the me there? For Christ. What, what will happen to them? Shall find it again. Oh, I want to find my life again. What it means is that it's like you burying a corn. And it's as if it is rotting in the ground. And everybody says this is foolishness. When you have corn, you eat it. But you said, I won't eat it. I'm submitting the corn. Oh, Jesus. And as I, 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 I submit it, it will bear fruit. It will sprout from the ground. It will yield forth many fruits. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Shall find it again. Praise the Lord. So let's all read it. Go. What profit is there if you gain the whole world and lose eternal life? What can be compared with the value? What can be compared? Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, listen to me. Praise the Lord. So listen to me. When you value the eternal life you have, Yourself matters no more. Because you have the best. Which nothing you have can buy. Including yourself. It was given you for free. You didn't pay a dime. You only yielded your will. And now you say, his will become your Oh, praise Jesus. Look at the next, the next verse. Not, I mean, I'm talking about James. James chapter 1, verse 21. Look at what James said. Go. So get rid of what? All that is wrong in your life. Both inside and what? Outside. And do what? And humbly be glad for the wonderful message we have received. For what? It is able to save our souls and it takes, it takes, it takes, it takes, it takes hold of what? When the message has taken hold of your heart, you lose yourself. You will lose yourself. Oh. Does it mean you will not sin? Yes, you will sin, but sin no more becomes appealing. You will lose yourself. You are not feeling guilty 
because of the punishment. No. You are feeling guilty because of love and honor. Because the wonderful message of salvation has taken hold of your heart. Oh, he will punish me. That is why I feel guilty. No, no, no. The guilt is not from there. Because you know him. He's a good father. He's a loving father. So you see, a father or a husband who so loves you so much and you, and, and, and you continually do something against them, you feel bad because you know how much they love you. You know how much they are sacrificing. Somebody said a wonderful message. We have received has taken hold of our hearts. Praise God. Look at the next. Look at the next. Galatians 6, verse 1. And I love this one. I love this one. Look at Galatians 6. I want us to read it carefully. Everybody pay attention. Pay attention. Go. Dear brothers, if a Christian is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help him back onto the right path. Remembering that Next time, it might be one of you who is in the wrong. Listen to me. The man who yields to the spirit, who have given themselves, they are hard on themselves and they are less on other people. A Pharisee is hard on people. But very light on themselves. But a man who is truly spiritual. Who has given themselves. Because they are always thinking about others. They are always looking for somebody to lift up. They don't condemn people with their spirituality. Are you here with me? They don't always make people feel they are dirty. They don't even deserve God. They are the ones who are living right. No, he says, no. That is not it. He says, be careful. It means that you have not given yourself. You are full of yourself. It is called self-righteousness. Because next time, it might be you. Share each other's troubles and problems. And so obey the Lord's command. If anyone thinks he's too great to stoop to this, he's fully himself. He's really a nobody. I love scripture because scripture is balance. Truth is so consistent. So, let's continue. Go. Let everyone be what? Be sure that 
he is doing his very best. For then he will have what? The what? The what? The personal what? Satisfaction. Listen to me very carefully. Every child of God knows what he has been empowered to overcome. You know, and I know, as for this one, I have received empowerment. I am the one who loves it. But he, he has given me the empowerment to overcome. So you see, as you do your very best, because you know you have the empowerment to overcome, you find personal satisfaction. You thank the Lord and you are joyful. Thank you, Lord. And because you know it is not by yourself. It's because he has empowered you. He has graced you. So he said what? For then he will have personal satisfaction of work well done. And won't what? Need to compare himself with someone else. Please. When we are talking about yielding, listen, yielding of the spirit and divine timing, they are two big things in the life of a believer. If you don't understand this, you always live in error. You see, don't compare yourself with somebody. That's why sometimes you see somebody doing wrong as a believer and you join them. When you have been led and told what not to do, they have not been told and specifically led like you have been led. So you are careful. That's why he said, you don't need to compare yourself with someone else. It's a folly. It's a folly. Okay, let's go ahead. Go. Each of us must bear some Faults and burdens take responsibility. I will teach you, and you come to find out that for most of the things we do, the devil has no place in it. The devil, he has no place. Sin actually didn't come from the devil. Bible said it. He said, by Adam, sin entered the world. He didn't say by the devil. By Adam, sin entered the world. He didn't say by the devil. Because as for the devil, he only spoke. Adam used his will. He exercised his will. So it is not the devil that brought sin. No. It was man. Man exercised his will. Where did you see in the Bible that the devil brought sin? So he says, each of us must bear some faults. And bad things of his own. When you do wrong, say, I did it. 
Listen to me. True spirituality is the one who can acknowledge I was wrong. My wife was showing me a pastor and uh, certain things and he was talking. And the way the pastor was talking, he said, Wait, what do you think? A true man of God can never do this. And I said, look at you. Look at you. This is arrogance. Who are you? Because, what did he say? Go, read the last one. For none of us is perfect. Who told you? Who told you? James said it. He said it is not the devil that tends. Neither God that tends. He said we are led by our own desires. Wherever we go, and we end in folly, our desires led us there. What are you talking about? Yes, leave the devil out. Okay, read here carefully. Go. Those who are taught the word of God should help their teachers. Put your hands on your head and say, forgive me. <laughs> it is part of the scripture. <laughs> Go. Don't be misled. Look at what they, they, they misconstrue as the law of karma. That they think, yes. Look, look at it. Look at it. Go. Remember that what? You can't ignore God and get away with it. Okay? Okay. Now look at what he's going to explain. You can't ignore God and get away with it. Are you getting the point? Yes. So look at the explanation. Go. A man will always reap just the kind of crop he sows. Continue. Go. If he sows to please his... He will be planting seeds of evil and will surely reap what? A harvest of what? Spiritual decay that leads to death. Uh-huh. So you see, as a man continues to live for themselves, they are leading themselves onto spiritual decay. That in the end leads to spiritual death. Very soon, they will be doubting their own faith. Very soon they say, this Jesus thing, but what have they been doing? Because they themselves have been leading themselves by their own desires into spiritual decay. (laughs) 
Okay, so let's go. But he what? But if he plans what? The good things of the the good things of the the good things of the what? Of the spirit. What are the good things of the the fruit of the spirit? Oh, praise God. He had already spoken about that in Galatians chapter 5. Verse 22. 21 and 22. Are you getting the point? Yes. And he's told us the fruit of the spirit. Kindness. Love. Patience. Go ahead. Long suffering. Gentleness. Self-control. When he plants these things. What happens? He will report everlasting life that the Holy Spirit gives him. Oh, I love the word. Praise God. Somebody say, I am liberated for myself. So he says, go and let us not get tired of doing what is right. For after a while, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and what? That's why whenever we can, we should always be kind to everyone and especially to our own Christian brothers. The woman that says, uh, kind to everyone, somebody say, uh-huh. He said, uh-huh, he's thinking about himself. Be kind to me. He <laughs> said, straight away, that's what comes to you. But straight away, what should come to you is, who can I find to be kind to? Yeah. Who can I find? That's, that's the first thing that should come to you. Who can I find? Don't always be at the receiving because the moment you start doing that, you are self-centered. Who can I? Who can I? That's the life we live. We live a life of giving. That's the life we live. Listen, that's the life we have been called to live. And, and, and if you don't find pleasure in that, there's something wrong. When you are budgeting, do you budget for the things of God first? Some people have sat well. <laughs> it is the last. Oh, God. Yeah. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I don't know how many times I'll say it. But it is the best life to live. You know, when the issue of tithes and offerings came, many Christians were happy not because of holy anger in that we really want to give to God. But they are not helping us to give the right way. Many Christians were happy because they think it is now time not to give. 
so that they can concentrate on themselves. And it is a sad distinct. I've used your term. This thing. It's a sad this thing. Sad. It's, it's so sad. So it's like all this while they were waiting to find a, their room not to give. Yeah, so they were waiting. And so the moment they think, she. What was found out should rather make you know that I should not have a transactional relationship with the Lord. That I have to give him before he gives me. And if he doesn't give me, I won't give him. That is the concept of sowing seed. That's what it means. But you have not asked yourself, oh, the air I breathe, have I finished paying for it? So when would I finish paying for it? To come and buy a child. To come and buy healing. When? Rather it should bring me to the place of awareness. Oh no. What a, what a, what ye abomination. What have we been doing? I would rather give my all. Because he has already given so much. He gave Christ himself. What can I give to measure up? No amount of money can pay for this. Lord, I give my all. Please, watch this. Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter, all the great men that led the world into evangelism in the 20th, 19th, 18th, 19th, 20th century. Tell me how much money they had to win the souls they were, they, they won. Tell me how much inventions they actually did or created or discovered to win the world like they did. Tell me. Tell me what they did. Were they CEOs before? Before they moved the whole world? 
Before God enlisted, say, give me, give me, give me, give me Scotland till I die. Or else I die. Tell me, what, what, what did they have? So it is not money. It is not social media. With all our social media, how many souls are we winning for Christ? Am I challenging your spirit? You see how we are deceiving ourselves? Tell me. The whole of Asia had the word by Apostle Paul and his people. There was no social media. Why are we lying to ourselves? So it is not these inventions that will make Christianity what it has to be. It's a lie. People who were fishermen, tax collectors, nobody knew them. They turned the world around for Jesus. You don't have to be a somebody to influence people with the gospel. It's a lie. You don't have to be first a doctor or an architect. It is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. I pray that the true passion of Christ takes over our souls. That we would submit to him for him to lead us. Praise God. Let me help you. Listen to me. There are spirit-led de de destinations. The Holy Spirit will lead you to destinations. Write it down. Destinations. He will lead you. He will lead you. You may be going somewhere. He will say, don't go. Go there. Acts chapter 16. He told them, don't go there. Go here. And they listened to him. Because they were not living for them. Give me the next. They are spirit-led. Next. Next. They are spirit-led conversations. When you are conversing, you see, the Holy Spirit lives in you. So anytime you are doing something, Check the inner witness. You see, be listening. Whilst you are talking to your friend, be. Whilst you are at the board meeting, be. He'll be checking you. He'll be telling you, hold on. You're going to say something. Say, hold on, don't say that. I'm telling you. You were just about to release something that will be used against you. And he'll tell you, speak, don't speak. You see that Jesus, when he was talking to the woman at the well, right? All of a sudden, they were talking about something else. All of a sudden, he said, go and call your husband. It's a spirit-led conversation. And then the woman said, 
I have no husband. And then, and Jesus said, you have spoken truth. He changed the course of their conversation. He brought the woman to the place of belief. Oh, praise God. Is that right? Yes. So sometimes you're talking to somebody, the Holy Spirit will drop something. And just say it. Talk. Open up. There are certain times he will tell you to keep quiet. So, can you believe that Jesus? They asked him a question. And they were expecting him to talk. He kept quiet. At another point, they asked him a question. He spoke. Why? Because he said, what my father does is what I do. He was not living for himself. He knew when to speak and when not to. Ask for you anytime you speak. Listen, Christians don't speak our minds. I'm speaking my mind. Speak your mind. Speak your mind. There are certain things. As I'm speaking to you, there are certain things I'm about to speak. I hold it there. Because he gives me a check. It's not everything. You may have the best of intents. But it may be taken in a certain way. So he leads you. So that in the end, Jesus be glory. Oh, praise God. They are spirit-led cautions. Spirit-led cautions. He cautions you over certain issues. Up to now, people wonder. Because before, when in 2017, when the issue happened, he cautioned me. He said, don't speak. Don't say anything. Listen to me. There's a thousand and one I can say. A thousand and one, and God knows. But I chose to keep quiet. Because he told me personally, I woke up and I told my wife. He just spoke to me. He said, I should keep quiet. And I did that. At the time he told me to now talk, he showed me what to say. And I said exactly that and I left him. Listen to me very carefully. The success of every man who walks with God is in their spirit-led talk. It's key. It's key. It's key. Do you know the things I know that I could say? But no. He said no. Because the point is, I am not the one. It is him that must be glorified. And it is crucial that don't concentrate on you. As for this pastor, I have to defend myself. Some of you know what I'm talking about with regards to issues that I deal with you. There are certain issues regarding my own members I keep quiet. A lot. Call me whatever name you want to call me. I'll keep quiet. To cover a member I will do that so that the other person 
Whatever they think will know that they are safe with me. At least it will help. It will help build their body so Christ is glorified. Because a house divided among itself. So it's not because you are right. Everybody, oh, because I'm right. So that's why, no, you are not right. It doesn't mean so. It doesn't mean so. It doesn't mean so. But the course you are chatting is that he be glorified. That should be the key. That should be the key. That should be the key. I pray that the Holy Spirit who leads us all as you submit yourself to him will lead you. May he lead you into the best places. Like David, you will say, he led me beside still waters. He restored my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yet do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil because he's in me and with me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness, mercy pursues me all the days of my life because I live in his presence forever and ever. Amen. Give a clap offering to Jesus and bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.